And let me just break it down for our graduates. Just because you get a diploma does not mean you are wise. All right? Because we know lots of people with lots of diplomas, masters, doctorate, lots of letters after their last name, right? Are they wise? Okay, and that's what we want to be, is wise, because when you're wise, you can avoid a lot of heartache. This is the question that we looked at last week, and this is the question that we're looking at for six weeks. Okay, so let's all say it together, all right? You ready? What... What is the wise thing to do? Not what the right thing to do is, not what the legal thing to do is, not what everybody else is doing, but what is the wise thing to do? And we looked at it from 360 degrees last week, okay? We considered our past, and this was the complete question, okay? In light of my past experience, current circumstances, future hopes and dreams, what is the wise thing for me to do? See, because your past isn't my past, and my past isn't your past. Each of us have a distinct past. And and we've got to weigh in when we ask that question, what is the wise thing to do? We've got to look at our past. And we've got to ask that question. Where did you come from? What have you done? What, What have been some of the things that have caused you challenges? Well, you've got to take that into consideration. Uh, what is my current circumstances? Well, you're recently married. You've completed one year of getting away from an addiction you haven't touched it in one year do you think it's a good idea for you to to go to that place and be involved with those people and do that particular thing my current circumstance today is different than it was a while ago and then my future hopes and dreams what are your dreams is the decision that you make today going to paralyze or could it affect your future hopes and dreams and so this is what we looked at last week And I gave you some homework, remember? And the homework was, ask it. Did you ask the question this past week? Okay, if you didn't, I want to encourage you to write it down and put it somewhere where you can ask it. Uh, We had a few spouses asking it for their husbands. Okay, that was pretty cool to hear. You know, because the husband wasn't necessarily asking it, and she asked it for him. So she uh, she helped him out. Okay, And, and all of us need to have it right there, because if you... If you ask this question, what's going to happen? It's going to help you avoid a lot of heartache and challenges. You'll make better decisions. You'll take advantage of opportunities that present themselves in the future. And you'll also avoid a lot of tears. And you can pass that on to other people. Okay? And if you didn't ask it, okay, if you don't ask it, let me break it down for you. That tells you something about yourself, doesn't it? Okay, what it tells you is you don't have your best interests in mind. You don't have your best interests in mind. And so who will? That's, that's the question. Who will have your best interests in mind if you don't? And so that's, that's a huge point that we talked about last week. So I hope that you do. And the, and the answer to that question is who does? God has your best interests in mind. And so I want to encourage you to ask the question, to carry it around with you, to make it a... And and our hope is that question that we looked at, that this question will become the centerpiece of your life. That it will become a centerpiece from which you make better decisions about what you're going to do with your life and your future and your finances, your family, your marriage, all kinds of things. And that's my hope for you. 
as you move on from here. All right, so we're moving into this week. Today, we're going to look at the options. Okay, suppose you back out of wisdom. Okay, Paul's inviting us, be wise. Well, let's say if you want to choose the other options. Instead of wisdom, I'm going to back out. I'm going to opt out of wisdom. Well, we're going to look at the book of Proverbs. And the book of Proverbs was written by Solomon. And if you want to know who Solomon is, read the book of Proverbs, and you will find out that he was the wisest man that ever lived. Give you a little history. Solomon was a king of Israel, and he received a gift from God of wisdom. And so he was so wise that kings would send delegates to answer their hardest questions because they couldn't figure out what to do in a situation. So kings would send gold and say, hey, I need the answer to this question. And so they would go to Solomon, and guess what? He'd give them the right answer. And he became so famous, there was a famous queen that went to visit Solomon. Anybody know her name? Queen of Sheba. And she, she went and she saw the people of Israel benefiting from Solomon's wisdom, and she was blown away. She said, wow, this is the best nation I've ever seen. The people of Israel are so blessed because they have a wise king. She was blown away. And if you read the book of Proverbs, you will be blown away too because you will see what incredible wisdom. Okay? So he's going to describe for us, Solomon, the three other options. There's actually four. You got wisdom, and then there's three other options. If you back out of wisdom and say, no, I don't want wisdom, you need to know what you're backing into, right? So we're going to talk about that today. So let me give you the, the, the disclosure okay full disclosure today what we're going to talk about is offensive it's offensive so if you stop going to church a while back because you got offended put your seatbelts on all right because you may get offended today now I'm not going to offend you what we're going to talk about may offend you all right and if you find yourself walking out of here today having a conversation with me in your mind like, who in the heck does he think he is? And you, and you get in your car, and you're talking to me. You're having a conversation with me in your car, okay? I mean, he thinks he's the smartest person in the world. No, I do not think I'm the smartest person in the world, okay? You're smarter than me, okay? But if you find that happening, that's what comes with the territory, all right? It's going to be offensive today. I want you to know up front. For even some of our members, it's going to be offensive all right, because we're going to be very straightforward, honest with each other. Okay, these are things that we need to know, right? All right, so, and, and if you get offended, I, I don't get offended in the sense that just listen. Okay, let this sink in a little bit. Just listen. I'm not, I'm not going to follow you out to your car. I'm not going to email you this week. I'm not going to call you, okay? You, you, you have your life. It's your decision, but I just want you to listen to what we're talking about today it's so significant just listen take it in and see where it leads you all right you ready okay here we go all right so we're going to look at the three options option number one that solomon talks about is this okay the simple the simple okay if you're sitting in this seat okay and then and this is what solomon describes the three other options option number one is the simple Okay, how do you describe simple? Simple is somebody who is naive. Okay, they're not stupid. They're not bad. They're just naive. They lack experience. 
Another, another word is they're clueless. They haven't been down life's road yet, right? They haven't experienced a lot. So it's not that they're bad. It's not that they're, they're, they're you know, hard-headed or anything. They're just, they're just young. They lack experience. This would fall into the 21 and under crowd. Do you know why there's an age limit to certain things? It's because of this. It's because these people fall in that. Don't get offended, but it's just, it's the truth. And that's what, Paul, what, what uh, Solomon is saying. Okay? Here's Taylor Swift. How many of you guys are Taylor Swift fans? Some of you hate Taylor Smith, okay? But, but let me just say, she wrote a song not too long ago. This is some lyrics from this song. She said, when you're 15 and somebody tells you that they love you, you're gonna believe them. When you're 15 and somebody tells you they love you, you're gonna believe them. Right? And she goes through it. The song is incredibly wise because it describes a simple person, a simple person that they believe anything they hear. Why? Because they haven't experienced it yet. You know, the football star who walks up to the young freshman, little young girl, and says, I love you. I love you, and I want to I marry you. So we, can we go on a date? And no matter what mom and dad say, she believes that young man. You know what I'm talking about? So she nailed it in the song. If you want to YouTube it, not here in the service, but you can. She nails it. She's reaching out to young 15-year-old girls saying, listen, you got to see this is not the way it all turns out. you got to open your eyes. And this describes perfectly a simple person. Okay? Here's some of the things that simple people say. Now, let me give you a verse. We can't look at it, but just read it. This verse describes a simple person. It's like a movie. And I don't know if you've ever watched the movie, but what what Solomon describes in Proverbs 7, verse 6 through 27, he describes a young man, and this young man is thinking he's going out for a good time. And as he's going along, you hear the music in the background, and you're like, okay, here it comes. And he thinks he's in for a good time, and what happens? It says in the verse that he's like an ox led to the slaughter and if you've ever been in a movie where you can kind of see what's going to happen and the next thing is coming and you want to stand up and scream don't do it go away get away and 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 they look at you in the movie theater and they go hey it's just a movie dude and you nobody know anybody like that but that's what this verse is like And it's so sad, but what's the young man's problem? The young man's problem is he's simple, he's naive, he's clueless. And he's like a bird that gets caught in a trap, and it ruins him. This is a great description. Okay, so what do do simple people say? This is what simple people respond with. When they hear wisdom, this is what they respond to. First thing they respond to, and my kid said this a hundred times. Nothing's going to happen. Right? Nothing's going to happen. Why are you so worried? Nothing's going to happen. You know, and, and so many times, I mean, it's frustrating as a parent because, you know, nothing's going to happen. Let me, let me break it down. If, if, you, if you could tell the future, you could tell your teenager, if you could tell the future that nothing's going to happen, then we'll be rich. Okay? We'll, we'll have all kinds of money because you know what the future is. And you know what the, the challenge is, is nothing's going to happen is, is that you don't know what the future is going to hold. 
But some of us who've been down the road a few times, we kind of know what's going to happen, right? We know that bad things are going to happen. Here's another one. I got this. I can handle this. I can handle it. I'm okay. Don't worry so much. Or this one, this is a great one. You're overreacting. Oh, I got this one a lot. You know, why do parents overreact? Why do we overreact? Because we've been down the road a few times. See, so for simple people, it's not, it's not that they, you know, are stupid. They're just, they lack experience. They haven't been involved. See, simple people don't want to know what it's like to be so broken in debt that they don't have money to make a mortgage payment or to buy groceries. They don't know what that's like. See, they don't know what it's like to be in a relationship and have your heart crushed to the point where you don't know if you can recover again and ever be in another relationship again. See, simple people don't know what it's like to be addicted to something. See, they may be, you may be addicted to something right now, but you don't know how that's going to play out. And see, simple people don't know what the consequences of an addiction is. Simple people don't know that if you play around with your sexuality enough, you may never be able to have an intimate relationship with somebody in the same way ever again. And people who've been down the road, they know that. And see, this is why older people tend to react strongly. So it's not, it's not simple people's fault necessarily, it's just they haven't experienced enough. And so this is, this is huge. So if you're under 21, more than likely, this is where you sit. Okay? And you have an option. Okay? And what, what Solomon's trying to say to simple people is, get wisdom. Get wisdom. Ask for it. Find it. Get input. And this is a, this is a quote about, you know, the, the tragedy of simple people. Don't trade what you want most for something that you want in the moment. See, momentary pleasure satisfaction, don't trade that for something that you want the most in your life and that you need the most. So, for simple people, you need to ask for wisdom. It's not going to come to you naturally. And let me tell you this, in all the universities that I know of, and there are a lot of them, they don't have wisdom 101. They're not teaching it. They're not teaching how to stay married. They're not teaching how to stay in a faithful relationship, how to deal with addiction, how to manage your finances in a way that it won't break you and your family. They're not teaching these classes yet. I don't know if they ever will. And they're not teaching people how to avoid a train wreck in their life. And that's why there's so much carnage. So you got to ask for it. So if I can make one thing clear for our young people in the audience, the 21 and under, ask for wisdom. Go get it. Ask for it. Get mentored. Get in, a, get, in a, get in a relationship with people that are older, more experienced than you, and be humble enough to get their input because it will save you a lot of heartache. And recognize that you need wisdom. And it has to do with a stage that you're in in your life. Here's number two, the second seat, okay? As Solomon describes it, the fool. 
the fool. Now, the fool, simple people don't know what's best. They don't know. A fool knows exactly what's right and what's wise. A fool knows what is the good thing to do. But you know what he says? I know, but I don't care. I don't care. But don't you realize when you did that the last time, what happened, how things played out? Don't you realize that that, that relationship you got in and how it ended? Yeah, I know. I don't care. You know, when you go and do that thing that you do, when you drink and drive, when you use drugs, when you overspend, when you, when you don't manage your sexuality, I know, but I don't care. In fact, they have a very good phrase. I don't give a hoot, or I don't give a blank, whatever they say, the circle of friends. Fill in the blank. See, that's a, that's a fool as Solomon describes it. The problem is they know, but they don't care. That's their dilemma. They don't care. Look at, look at what Solomon says here in Proverbs 26, verse 11. As a dog returns to its vomit, and I'll, now get a mental picture of that for a minute. Okay, go ahead. It's, it's disgusting. As a dog returns to its vomit, so fools repeat their folly. Wait a minute, that's disgusting, that's terrible, that's gross. They go back. They do it again. See, they know, but they don't care. See, and it's, it's so sad. Why would, why would you do that again? I don't care. But don't you realize that you're, you're jeopardizing your future? It says it right here on the package. Don't use this. I know. It's none of your business what I do. I don't care. Okay? Can I say it any clearer? I don't care. I know it's not the best thing. I know it's not right. I don't care what you think. And so, deal with it. Another one. A fool finds pleasure in wicked schemes, but a person of understanding delights in wisdom. See, you ask a fool, so... Why are you going to go do that again? You almost got arrested the last time. Why would you do that again? I don't care. Or it was fun. Don't you realize? It's fun. Why, why are you going out with that guy again? He doesn't have a job. He lives with his parents. He's got zero future. Mr. Zero. Why are you, why are you interested in him? Because he's fun and I don't care. Haven't you already been in enough relationships like that? Yeah, but I don't care. It's fun. It's pleasurable, okay? But a person of understanding delights in wisdom. What's the cure for these two right here? What's the cure for these two? All right, for the simple, the cure is what? Time, time. Okay, they need a little time, a little more time in the oven. Okay? It always cures. Time always cures the simple. Always. Remember, remember how you were when you were young? 
You would go, ah, you argue and fight with your parents. And now that you're a parent, you're going, mm-hmm. <laughs> Mom and dad were right. And you find yourself repeating the same things that they said to you to your kids. Guess what? Look what time did for you. Now, a fool, what's the cure for a fool? Let me tell you, fools have to go through the school of hard knocks. They have to go through a lot of trouble. They have to suffer. Disaster's got to overtake them, and there's pain, and there's challenge, and it's really, really hard for them. And that's what they have to do. Tragedy, tragedy wakes them up. I'm a fool. And that's what Solomon is trying to say. You're a fool if you don't care. You're a fool if you think you're not hurting anyone else around you. And see, that's what fools think. See, their foolishness has blinded them to their selfishness. See, because what fools say is, I don't care. I'm not hurting anybody by what I do. Fools do hurt a lot of people. They destroy other people's lives. But their their foolishness has blinded them to their selfishness. And so... A lot of times what wakes a fool up is not just their tragedy, but who else's? When they ruin other people's lives, and they stop and they go, man, this is really bad. Look at what I've done to my parents. Look at what I've done to this relationship that I once had, this person that I loved. Look at what I'm doing to my relatives. Look at what I'm doing to my classmates and other people, how I'm getting them involved. It, it wakes them up. Another verse, Proverbs chapter 13, verse 20. Walk with the wise and become wise. This is an awesome, awesome first part of the verse. If you want to be wise, if you're in this category and you want to be wise, do what? Walk with the wise. But here's the one we're looking at. A companion of fools suffers harm. Do you know why parents freak out about who you hang around with? I mean, freak out. And you're like, what's wrong with you? Why are you overreacting like this? You, you can be the wisest child, young adult in the world. Incredibly intelligent. You have all the wisdom. But guess what? If you're a companion of a fool, you can come to harm. That's why parents freak out. They flip out because who are you going with? Don't you know where that could lead you? Don't you know what could happen? They, they, they are, they are, they are, and they know because they've seen it. They've lived it. They're, they're not simple anymore. They know what fools are capable of. They know the effect that a fool can have on other people. So this, this word right here, companion, guess, guess who it is? Could be a family member, could be a husband, could be a wife. Could be a relative, could be a coworker, could be a classmate, could be somebody you know. If you're in the wrong place at the wrong time, you can suffer harm. That's what Solomon is saying. Fools are destroying our world today. The other day, my wife had a conversation with a, in our neighborhood with a, a detective. An L.A. detective, he works downtown, gang unit, investigates 
murders. And he shared with her, I have a really hard time believing in God. And the reason, because I've seen so many bad things, I asked the question, how could a good God allow this to happen? See, many of us want to blame God for the terrible things, and some of you are clueless, clueless to the consequences of foolishness. If I don't care who it affects or who it hurts, it's ruining our plan and it's ruining our society. It's a big deal. A lot of people are coming to harm because of fools. Now here's number three, and this is the worst of them all. The third category, the third option is a mocker. A mocker. A mocker is a fool on steroids. <laughs> Performance-enhancing stupidity. See, a mocker knows what's right. And not only does he not care, a mocker will make fun of you for doing what's right. Oh, you, you go to church? <sighs> really? You're still going to church? You believe all that stuff in the Bible? You read the Bible? You pray seriously? Are you that naive? Are you that clueless? Why do you go to church anyway? Why do you waste your time? That's a mocker. If you work for a mocker, if you're married to a mocker, I pity you. Because they're miserable people to be with. See, what they try to do is they control their environment by using their intellect to argue and dismiss everybody and everything else. They're really good at debating, but they don't debate fair. They're not fair in their debate. You can't go back and forth. They like to end it. They like to bully people verbally. They put you down. They mock you. They insult you. They're super critical of everyone and everything because guess what? The mocker is the smartest one in the room. He's the smartest. If you are a mocker here today, let me tell you how it's going to work out. You're going to go in your car, and you're going to have a conversation with me in your car. Most mockers won't even come to church. They're not interested in church. They'll make fun of you for inviting them. In fact, you'll have a hard time inviting a mocker to church, because you know what's gonna, how it's going to play out. They're going to walk out and say, oh, this is so stupid. What are you doing? Why did you waste my time? And they're going to insult you. See, that's a, a mocker. And they're condescending. And it doesn't even have to have a religious topic. They're condescending about everything and everyone. See, because the way they work is if they can have control of everyone and everything, they're on top. And that's the way they like it, controlling everything. Look what Solomon said about mockers. Whoever corrects a mocker invites insults. Whoever rebukes the wicked incurs abuse. Do not rebuke a mocker or they will what? They'll hate you. Here's an even stronger verse. This is real strong. Drive out the mocker and out goes the strife. Quarrels and insults are ended. Want to have a peaceful family? Get rid of the mockers. 
Now, this is Solomon. This is in God. God's not saying this is Solomon from his wisdom saying, listen, there's not a lot of hope for mockers. They're way out there. They've got incredible insecurity, and they've got incredible arrogance. They think they're the smartest people when in reality, they're the biggest fools. And guess where it comes to them when they wake up? is because they can't stay in a relationship very long. They fail at relationships. They've had one, two, three, four failed marriages, failed relationships. And if they stay in a relationship, it's because somebody is with them who likes the abuse. It's kind of a vicious circle. People that come from an abused background find themselves back in an abuse, abuse situation. It's so sad. But these guys are really bad news. And I'm sure you know one. And you need to pray for them because they need help. So let me summarize it, okay? These three, if you sit in these seats, let me summarize for you, okay? Correct the simple, and they won't get it. What, huh? I don't get it, okay? That's the simple. They need a little more time. It's not that they're stupid, okay? They're not bad people. They just need a little more time, okay? A fool, correct a fool, and they'll ignore you. I don't care. I don't care what you think. Doesn't matter to me. That's you. You do what you write. That, if, that, if, if Christianity's good for you, good for you. It's not for me. That's a fool. A mocker, correct a mocker, and they're going to hate you. But correct the wise. You correct the wise, and guess what they will do? They will thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for helping me. See, because the wise, the wise, they want to get better. See, the wise, they want to grow. They want to be the best husband. They want to be the best wife. They want to be the best father. They want to be the best follower of Jesus. They want to improve. Wise people are learners. They're learners. So let me just, let me just ask you today, you know, because I, I know some Christians, and I know I said 21 and under, but I know some Christians that are older than 21, and they're simple. How long are you going to live in your simple ways? When, when are you going to graduate? Okay, when are you going to learn and stop playing the ignorance card? Well, I didn't know. Yes, you did. Hey, how, how about some of you, how about some of you, you know, who are fools? You, you know, and, and let's not be too hard on the fools. If you know there's something going on in your life that's not wise, and you're still doing it, Solomon says, you're a fool. You're a fool to continue in that lifestyle. And yes, I've met an occasional mocker at church. It's sad. They use the Bible. Can you believe that? They know a lot of Bible. And I go, where's the heart? You're going to bully people with the Bible? Really? But see, the wise are humble. They don't, they don't have any ego trip. 
They're not worried about what people think. Oh, yeah, I don't have to be the smartest person in the room. Just tell me what I need to learn, what I need to do, how I need to grow, how I can be better. And, man, they, they grow and they, they fly and they go. So this is a summary. Solomon gives us a warning, okay? So this is huge. Solomon gives us a warning. If you sit in, in these seats too long, if you sit in one of these three seats too long, guess what happens? You may never get up. You may not even recognize wisdom when you see it, when it's right there in front of your face. If you sit in one of these seats too long, you may miss it. It may be sitting right next to you, and you'll miss it. And that's what he warns us about. Proverbs 1. And this is, this is the coolest, coolest set of verses that we're going to read. He describes wisdom as a woman walking down the streets of a village. And she's crying out. She's saying, I got wisdom. Come and get it. It's right here. I got wisdom. And she's saying it loud and everybody can hear her. If you're closed in your room, in the, in the, in the bedroom, in your sleep, you're going to hear her. She's calling out, here's wisdom. Come and get wisdom. Come on down and have a conversation with me. And it's the coolest thing. And he says, this is out in the open, wisdom calls out. He describes her as a woman. She raises her voice in the public square at the top of the walls. She cries out at the city gate. She makes her speech. Any problem with access to wisdom? Nope. It's right there. How long? And she's saying this. How long will you, who are simple, love your simple ways? How long are you going to sit in this seat? How long will you mockers delight in mockery and fools who hate wisdom? And she says this, repent, which means change your ways. If you're sitting in these three seats, change your ways. Get out of there. Repent at my rebuke. Then I will what? Pour out my thoughts on you and I will make known to you my teachings. But since you've refused to listen when I call and no one pays attention when I stretch out my hand, since you disregard all my advice and do not accept my rebuke, this is strong, I will turn and laugh when disaster strikes you. Now, this is wisdom talking, not God. Understand the distinction. This is a conversation coming from wisdom, not God. I will laugh at you. Remember how you made fun of me? Remember how you said what wisdom is? It's, it's simple, it's idiotic, going to church is a waste of time. I don't have time for that. I got important things to do. And when you're on the ground flat on your face, wisdom says, ha, see? See what happens when you don't listen? That's strong. When disaster strikes you, I will mock. See, you are the mocker now. Now, wisdom will mock you. You're so smart now. Look at where this has led you. You were so big. You were the smartest one in the room. You insulted everybody. Who's being insulted now by your own actions? Wow. I will mock you when calamity comes when, and overtakes you when calamity 
that overtakes you like a storm, when disaster sweeps over you like a whirlwind, when distress and trouble overwhelms you, then, gets worse, then you will call to me, but I will not answer. Remember what I said about if you sit in these seats too long, you won't recognize the voice of wisdom. If you've been in church so long, you no longer want to learn, you no longer want to grow, you won't see the answer when it's sitting right in front of you on Sunday with three chairs and signs and video screens and everything else. It's still, wow. I'm not, hey, I'm not, this is scriptures, okay, guys? Get offended with what it's saying. But I will not answer. They will look for me, but they will not find me since they hated knowledge and did not choose to fear the Lord. This is strong. I'm so glad that God is not speaking here, but wisdom is speaking here. Wisdom is harsh. She don't play no games. She's strong. She's a straight-up woman. Since they would not accept my advice and they spurn my rebuke, they will eat the fruits of their ways and be filled with the fruit of their schemes. Now, let me, let me share with you guys something because this is, this is very important. There are some sins, and, and this is kind of the, the challenging thing about being a minister or a counselor or somebody who ministers to other people. When you sit down with people and you hear their story, it breaks your heart. You know why it breaks their heart? Because what they ask for, they can't get it back. Not in this life. See, because they want to put it all back together and start over like nothing happened. See, there's some things that you do in your life you can't fix it. No counselor, no, no praying session. Nothing will fix it. it. The mark will be there for the rest of your life. It's harsh. Now, will God forgive you? Absolutely. But the mark will remain. See, guys, this isn't a game. What's, what it's saying here is they're going to eat the fruits of their ways. See, there are some ladies, when you cross a line with your sexuality, you will no longer experience intimacy the same way, ever. When you get yourself so wrapped up in an addiction, you can never escape the claws as they try to pull you back. And you've got to separate yourself from any kind of temptation. See, this is, this is serious stuff we're talking about, guys. I hope we can see. And it's so sad for me as a minister because I, I sit there and I don't say it. I don't say it. I'll never say it. I'm saying it here today. I don't say it to them when they're there and they're crying and they're pouring out their heart. I try to give them hope. And God gives hope. God gives hope. But there are some things that cannot be fixed. Ask any counselor. I don't care how much they pay. I don't care how much they get. There's some things that you just can't fix it. They can start their life over and God will give them a new life, but the scars will remain. That's what he's saying here. It's hard. And let me say this. God puts people in your life all the time, all the time. He is knocking at the door. He'll put a neighbor. 
He will put a family member, a relative. He will send someone to you who is wise and who's shouting out, hey, come on. And here's what blows me away with people who've been coming to church for a while. What I don't get is why we don't come consistently every single Sunday to hear every small group, every opportunity to hear wisdom. Why? Because we want to go back to becoming simple. Hey, I've been a part of the church for a long time. I know enough. Guys, I've been reading the Bible for almost 30 years. I need this. I'm 50 years old. I still need wisdom. I still need help. So do you. And I want to encourage you. See, this is becoming less and less today in, in our age. You know why? Because we don't want, we want to mind our own business. I don't want to, hey, I don't want to mess with it. It's their business. Please don't do that. Please don't do that. Please continue to be like that voice. Please, a coworker, a friend, a relative, you don't have to judge them. I'm not saying judge them. I'm not saying you're a mocker. Be very careful with these words. But extend a hand. Invite them to come to your small group. Invite them to study the Bible. Talk to them about God. Talk, tell them your testimony. Please, don't mind your own business. Even in our church, guys, let me say this, members of our church, please don't mind your own business. Roll up your sleeves, text somebody today. If they're not here and they needed to hear this lesson, please text them. Please text them and say, you gotta hear this one. Hey, I'll sit there and watch it with you because I can see what's coming down the road here in your life. And you're a Christian. You're a member of this church. Help you, brothers. God puts people. God uses people. Amen? Are you with me? All right, let's go send some good news, okay? A little bit of bad news and good news. For the wayward, we looked at this last week. For the waywardness of the simple will kill them, and the complacency of fools will destroy them. But whoever, whoever, I don't care what seat you're sitting in, whoever listens to me will live where? Say it with me. Safety. Safety. And be at ease without fear of harm. Okay? That, 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 what do you want? And I know what the world is propagating. I know that everybody's propagating that church is the, for the stupidest people on the planet. You're the most ignorant. How could you trust? I've had people do that to me. They, 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 I tell them, I, yeah, I read the Bible. They say, you believe all that? And I go, yeah, I'm sorry. I do. Got to be humble. I don't have to prove a point. I will let my life speak words of wisdom. After those wise and mockers, after they've been through a few divorces and after they've made a wreck of their lives, maybe, 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 Hey, could, could I come to church with you? Because I see something. That's how it worked for me. That's why I'm here. Because I figured it out at 21. I'm a mess. So let's wrap this up. We're going to celebrate the communion. You know, to sit in these three suits, guys, is really, really hard. There's a lot, a lot of weariness. There's a lot of pain. There's a lot of tragedy. 
Now, we've heard some harsh words from wisdom, but let's hear some comforting words from Jesus. Matthew 11, verse 28. It's up on your screen. Come to me, all of you, all, all three of you, all of you who are weary and burdened. This makes you weary. This makes you weary. This makes you weary. It's hard. It's burdensome. And Jesus says, and I will give you rest. I will start over with you and give you a new seat. Let me teach you what wisdom is, and this is what I'll do. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me. Hit the restart button. Learn from me, Jesus says. For I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. I can find a resting place? Yes, you can find a resting place in the cross of Jesus Christ. And I think all of our friends and relatives and everybody you know that you know is going through a hard time, please invite them to come and sit with Jesus. Sit at the foot of the cross. He didn't come to judge us. He didn't come to condemn us. He came to give us a new start. He died on the cross so that you could be wise, so that you'd be forgiven for all the catastrophes and all the messes that you've made of your life and your relationships, all the financial mishap. And he'll get you on the right track. This is the Jesus that loves you and cares more about your future than you do. Let's pray for the community. Father, uh, strong what we heard today. And strong because we can see it all around us. It hurts. We see it in our own lives at times. The messes that we make, the people that we love, we hurt. God, thank you that Jesus came and stretched out his hands and said, come to me. I want to help. Thank you that Jesus died on the cross and bled for us so that we could start over again. Father, I pray for all of us in this room. I pray for those that are watching online that Jesus, the cross, can be the reason why they come back home. God, we thank you for his, his death, his burial, his resurrection, but most of all, his, the way he died for us. We want to celebrate this communion confessing that we need your help. Confessing that we have been unwise. Help us, forgive us, and help us to leave here today decided that we want to be learners and we want to follow and learn from Jesus. We want to learn from other people who can help us. Help us, God, to leave our arrogant, independent, selfish ways so we can serve and help others. We love you. Thank you for Jesus. We pray all these things in Jesus' name.